welcome back. Today, I'm going to tell you why drawing out a base map is so important that it's the very first thing that I do when designing a brand new garden, big or small. I remember this part of the process was just really so mysterious, and it turns out that there's really nothing to it. This episode is going to be really short because I've uploaded a YouTube video that shows exactly how I do this. And trust me, <laughs> I have that phobia of holding a pencil to a blank sheet of paper, whatever that phobia is called. And I actually looked it up one time. Uh, my whole family are really good artists, except for me. I don't draw. They can all draw really well. I could do other things. I do designing and I've done pottery and I do painting, but I don't draw. And this is something that would seem like it was going to be really a big deal. And it turned out just to not be a big deal at all. Yeah, but I didn't get that gene from my mother. Uh, I think it was on my mother's side. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but drawing used to really freak me out like big time. But trust me, if you can play connect the dots or you can trace, you can do this. By the way, if you're new here, welcome to the Edible Gardens podcast. I'm your host, Nanette Blair, and I'm so glad that you found us. We help people create edible and beautiful landscapes that are way better than organic because I'm on a mission. My mission is to make good food accessible to everyone. And in my opinion, the best definition of good food is nutritious, delicious, and safe. And it doesn't get any better than picking fresh fruit, herbs, veggies, straight off the plant where you know what went into it from start to finish. You won't find any tomato cages here. As a matter of fact, there's a lot you won't find here, including pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, or any of the other sides. But what you will find here are landscapes that are designed for beauty, fun, reflection, and the list goes on to whatever you want because it's your home, your yard, and your taste, and beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. You know that garden you've been thinking about? Well, I know you're ready. I know I'm ready, so let's dig in. Okay, so I'm going to tell you why drawing out a base map is so important. This is literally the very first thing that I do when creating a brand new garden, either big or small. It doesn't matter. Um, when I draw out, now this is something that I did learn from doing the permaculture course. Uh, this is one of the first things we did in that course. We didn't really do this in the master gardeners class, but I found out that this is what landscape architects do. This is their first thing that they do. Landscape designers, this is the first thing that they do. What I want to do on the podcast today is tell you why. <laughs> One of my pet peeves, okay, I'm just going to go on a little rant here on YouTube is I know when you get nervous and you're in front of the camera, trust me, I really get this. I've really been um, fighting with God a little bit about doing YouTube videos because I don't like to be in front of the camera. But one of my big pet peeves on YouTube is when I go to watch a YouTube video on how you cook this or how you plant that or how you do this, I'm going there to learn something. I want to know. I want to see how someone's doing it. I don't want to hear all their philosophies on life or, you know, just a lot of unnecessary information. Now, if it's an entertainment channel like, you know, Oprah or something like that, then yeah, I mean, you're there to hear her philosophies on life. On the podcast here, it's more of an op-ed 
type thing. I give you my opinions on, you know, why I think that the food security that we have in the world right now is a problem. And the fact that by the year 2020, I think it was, and that episode about Victory Gardens, uh, we'll only be growing about 20% of what we eat here in the United States and why a Victory Garden is a good thing. You know, I use the podcast for my philosophies on gardening, on food security, on all of the poisons and the pesticides and how you can avoid that, maybe encourage people to think for themselves, tell you that just because they're doing it a certain way somewhere else, you're not, here I am, I'm on my little soapbox right now. But you know, just because they're doing it a certain way in Michigan or in Hawaii or in Oregon, doesn't mean that that's the right thing for you if you live in Alabama or in Arkansas or in my case, Texas. With the YouTube videos, I really believe that it's more, let's just cut to the chase. Let me just show you how I do it. I am going to tell you on the podcast today why drawing out a base map is so important and the very first thing that I do when creating a brand new garden. Okay, so first of all, I'm going to identify opportunities. I'm going to look at what is already there. I'm going to use it later on in the process to identify microclimates and the sun path and sun traps. Um, I'm going to really use that to identify the best place or what I think would be the best place or in my opinion with my family. In my case, it's just me and my husband uh, where we want to add something like a swimming pool or where we want to add something like a tree house or where we want to put the new barn. Um, where we want the barn door to open to, you know, it's just things like that. But I also use the base map to fix or avoid potential problem areas. So I'm going to use it to identify the problem areas and then figure out with the help of the base map, things like where's the septic tank and the lateral lines. I don't want to plant any kind of food anywhere around the septic tank. I just don't. I think that maybe some people look at ways to do that, but I just don't. I might want to use plants to plant in front of something that's unsightly to me. Like I have two propane tanks on our property. We have one for the house and we have one for the bunkhouse. It's like a little guest house. And I want to use it to identify where I want to put something that's going to kind of screen that out unless you're trying to get to it. You know, it may be kind of screening out where you put your trash cans <laughs> or where your well pump is if you have a pool. Potential problem could be an unsightly neighboring property. So maybe there's not anything that you can do about the property that's on the other side of your fence, but because you can't go and change that property because it's not yours. I'm going to use it for a sector analysis, which that's a whole other thing, but I'm going to use it to identify some problem areas. Another problem area might be road noise. I might want to plant some trees, act as kind of a buffer zone between, it's going to kind of absorb the road noise or just, you know, give me more privacy. I'm just kind of a private person. I don't want to see the neighbors. I don't want them seeing me. It's just the way I am. I'm not very social. I'm kind of a homebody. 
but I can also use that base map to identify some security issues. Being able, it's kind of like a calendar at a glance, right? I can look at this base map and I can see what's going on. But the base map is basically just what it sounds like. It's a foundation. In the video, I show how I use the survey that we got when we bought our property. And most people will get a survey when you buy a property. Sometimes it's called a plat. Especially if you get a mortgage, the lender is going to require that you have a survey. In most states. I don't know what it's like for you and where you live. But in most cases, there's going to be some sort of a survey. And people just underutilize these so much, in my opinion. But sometimes they call it a plat. But, you know, even if you pay cash for your property, I still think it's a really, really, really good idea to go ahead and get a survey. I've seen situations in doing title research, and I've seen situations where people actually did not do this, and where they thought the, the property lines were, they were not that at all. So a fence was either on somebody else's property or it was encroaching on their property and you might find out well there's a especially if you're looking to buy get a survey because even if it's not required a survey is going to really show you any encumbrances that could be a potential problem or discrepancies in the amount of acreage i've seen it where Someone said um, that they believed because they inherited the property from their mom or their dad that they had 10 acres when in actuality they had 12 acres. Or it might be that you believe you're buying, they believe that they're selling you 10 acres, but maybe they really only have eight acres. For whatever reason, it's just a really good idea. And, you know, if acreage, depending on where you live, it could be... Ten to $25,000 per acre, depending on where you live. It could be a lot less than that. It could be a lot more than that. But you can kind of see where I'm going with this. Whenever you're negotiating your contract for buying your land, you can get, no, negotiate anything you want to. Try to get the, the seller to pay for the survey. Because, you know, if there's a problem, I always used to say, get the seller to pay for the survey. Okay, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here too. <laughs> get the seller to pay for the survey if you're buying a piece of property because if something happens and that deal falls through, then, and I probably just need to do a whole episode on just buying property, but if that deal falls through, you have a survey that you've paid for and you own that you can't do anything with. You cannot use it one little bit. <laughs> but if the seller pays for the survey and that deal falls through, then they can say to the next buyer, hey, we already have a survey. It's already been paid for um, and they may want to escalate the price. Anyway, that's a whole other issue, but I would definitely get a survey. And because I am a land manager, I have seen that surveys and the way that they do surveys have really become more sophisticated over time. And a lot of the older surveys will just not be as accurate as a new survey will be. So anyway, the, the lender is usually going to require it. I believe the state laws in the state of Texas require that you get a brand new surveys, uh, survey, but sometimes they'll let you fudge. But anyway, 
I, okay, that's my survey rant, <laughs> but I used the survey and I actually had it blown up. My husband had it blown up for me. Usually you'll get it in a, a regular letter size or a legal size piece of paper. I blew mine up because we have a lot of buildings. We are, we're on a little over three acres here and we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six buildings on this property. And I was able to just go trace the lines. But one of the things that I was not able to do, so I show you in the video how I go on Google Earth and I uh, tell you that, you know, I use Google Earth Pro and I'm able to trace on my monitor. You can't do it with a touch screen. I talk about that in the video, um, how I do it, how I line it up, how I get it to scale and uh, where the new things are, because we bought this property about three years ago, I can actually go and draw out the tree line, which you will never see on a survey. Well, not so far anyway, who knows what they'll do in the future. But I can actually see where my oak trees are, where my pecan trees are. I can see where, where all of the, the shade falls in the summertime. And it's really cool. And, you know, I plan on doing another video on just how to use Google Earth Pro, or maybe you can just go watch somebody else's video on YouTube on how you use Google Earth Pro. When I was uploading this video on YouTube, I saw that there were some people that were saying that to use Google Maps. And Google Maps is something that you could use, but I use the Google Earth for a lot of other things a little further on in the process. So we're talking about just the, the base map right now on how you draw out a base map. But then the next thing would be like a sector analysis and a zone analysis and just, uh, you know, several other steps. I use it to look at things like elevation. I can overlay my survey. I can overlay a, to a topo map or a topography map or a soil map. And I can overlay all of these things that just kind of snaps to fit <laughs> on Google Earth Pro. And as far as I know, Google Maps does not do that. It won't let you do that kind of stuff or not easily. You can probably figure it out, but it's not very easy to do that. I can actually go on Google Earth and if I have some parameters, I can measure. It has a, it has a, like a, it's kind of a tape measure. I can measure the distance of, or the, the parameter of uh, the property. You know, I can draw four lines. I can go click, 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 <clears throat> excuse me, make a polygon or a square, and it will tell me the distance or the, the acres within that or the square feet within that. So there's just a lot more that you can do with Google Earth than you can with Google Maps. That's my opinion. But basically, it all just comes down to this, that the base map is the very first step it's super, super, really super simple. It's not complicated at all. And there's no reason why it should feel uncomfortable or mysterious for anyone, even if you can't draw. And it's, it really is literally tracing. You, you, I tell you, go buy tracing paper and you just trace it. But I'll put the link in the show notes. But if you go into YouTube and you can search for Nanette Blair, my name, and I think there is another Nanette Blair. I don't know. She only has one video and it's kind of a family video. It's my name, Nanette Blair, but you can also find it on the easiest way to draw a base map. Uh, go into YouTube and search for easiest way to draw a base map. You're going to see my opinion and then you're going to see other opinions also. But uh, yeah, so 
Anyway, and don't forget to go check out that starter guide for creating your own edible landscape. It's at edifilgardens.com forward slash start. It's a PDF. It's three easy steps with pictures and it's just so doable and it's completely free. You know, I told you I'm on a mission to make good food accessible to everyone. And this is the best way that I know that I can do to help you be able to do that. It's edifilgardens.com forward slash start. And remember, this podcast is dedicated to you so that we can all put good food on the table. Until next week, bye for now.